Welcome to Edge of the Rabbit Hole in our December 19, 2017 episode, Inside Tarot with Ken Boggle. Welcome to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. We have a great episode coming up tonight. We have Ken Boggle with us, a tarot reader, investigator, a great guy, does a lot of different stuff. Um, I need to start Periscope, so let's do that real quick. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, because I always forget that, right? And I'll skip that ad over there because they had an ad up. Uh, but yeah, Ken is... Um, I, People love this guy, <laughs> let me say. So we're very, very happy to, to have him aboard. Um, he's been uh, doing this for 25 years, so very, very experienced. Um, he's learned from the best. And, of course, we have Vanessa Hogel, our co-hostess, with us as well. And our chat shenanigator, Shauna, is down in the chat room. So, Ken, welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's a pleasure. And, uh, you know, Vanessa, I know you... You set all this up, so I really do appreciate I did. that. Um, um, Ken, uh, from everything, and you don't know this, Ken, but I have watched you. I have watched you on social media for the past three years. Oh, cool. I Thank have you. been sitting back in the, in the shadows and just watching, <clears throat> excuse me, interaction and, uh, and you know, and how, if I'm being very honest, how you conduct yourself and how people respond to you. And I have in three years never seen one darn thing that gave me pause. And that is, that is something um, that I, I hold in, in extremely high regard. I, I know people personally who think the world of you and um, they have nothing but, but really stellar things to say about what you do and how you do it. And I just, I think people like that should get props. And I, I was really excited when you agreed to come on the show. Well, I, I, I'm flabbergasted. No one's ever admitted to, to, to silently watching my social media to me before. So that's fun. She's a quiet that's stalker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you. That's wonderful. If I haven't offended you in three years, then you've got a really high tolerance then. Yeah. So, Ken, for our viewers who may not be familiar with you, you want to give a quick rundown of uh, who you are and what you do? Sure. I'm Ken Boggle. Uh, I am a celebrity tarot reader. I've been doing cards, uh, like you said, for 25 years. I started when I was eight. So in February, it becomes 26 years. But, um, yeah, I, I just started doing it professionally four years ago, and it really has become wildly successful and has become... Uh, clearly the one thing in the world I was always meant to do. And uh, I change people's lives by shuffling a deck of cards and psychically reading them. That's my full-time occupation. It's, it's all I do. And um, I've been very fortunate enough to be blessed with the world's best clients and to be put in situations where uh, the gift that I have is put to, uh, put to really good use. So I'm very grateful and blessed by it. Yeah, that's absolutely fantastic. Now, you say you started at eight. How did how did that happen at, at eight years old? Well, my granny used to, um, <laughs> we would be sitting in the living room, and I was a kid, like, from the earliest I can remember. And I would be, like, the phone would ring, and I would be able to tell you, before caller ID, I would be able to tell you who was on the phone and, like, usually what they wanted to know or what was happening, what was going on. And my granny would sit there and she would say, you know, he's got a gift. <laughs> and uh, we really didn't think too much about it because a gift kind of runs uh, throughout the family, but nobody really talked about it. Okay. Um, when we were alone, she would teach me things about the spirit world, about being a psychic, about what it meant to be a psychic. And then uh, to start reading things, coffee grounds, uh, nature, to read, uh, to read cards. My Aunt Caroline came in with a, po a poker deck of cards, poker deck. And uh, she taught me how to read those. And my granny was like, well, have you ever heard of tarot? And I was like, no. And she said, well, we have to learn that. So <laughs> uh, we did. And um, I've been doing it ever since, ever since. Fantastic. That's amazing. I, I have to say, I'm going to give a big, huge shout out to your family for being uh, so open. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of families aren't. Yeah. Well, it, yeah. It was, she was really the only one that was that open about it. The, nobody else really even knew what Granny and I were up to. Yeah. <laughs> but you had her, though. Yeah, the prop, was, the prop goes to Granny. Granny definitely was the, the jewel in that family, that's for nice. sure. Nice. 
Nice. Oh, that's her heart. Oh wow! I just I, that actually makes me tear up because I didn't have that in my family. Oh uh, yeah. And I came out because of my son showing the same signs, and I've, I'm actually teaching him tarot. So I just bless your granny's heart, honey. <laughs> Thanks, so. yeah. Chat room is filling up. You guys have some questions. Go ahead and uh, start shooting them out there. And for those that are new to the broadcast, please go ahead and subscribe and also click the little bell notification there to uh, to get notifications of when we go live. So, um, yeah, um, Ken, you know, um, yeah, I was reading your your bio and you, know, you have a uh, uh, a great pedigree, <laughs> shall we say? Um, now. Is Terrell, you know, kind of all you do, uh, you know, you had in there, I think it was your website, said you were a paranormal investigator, so you throw other things in there with it, or are you just, you know, strictly uh, Terrell, or how, how do you manage all that? Well, I started um, doing paranormal investigations uh, without using the Terrell, but then uh, as my career grew, ghost hunt type paranormal things, such as like the really awesome people at paranormal expeditions like Mike Smith and Amy Perry Lane, they were like, you really should do tarot at paranormal investigations. So over time, I became less and less of a paranormal investigator and more of a specific tarot reader, which, I, like I said, I think is my ultimate purpose, so I'm not mm -hmm. mad at it. I still do a bit of paranormal investigating from time to time, but it takes such a toll on me that uh, I try not to do it uh, as frequently as I, I once did. So, uh, yeah, in terms of paranormal investigating, though, I did a lot of residential places uh, for families privately. Uh, but then I also got to do, like, those great escapes, like, you know, uh, being able to go to the Rhodes Hotel in Atlanta, yeah. Indiana, or being able to go to the Wayside Inn in Middleton, Virginia, and things like that. And, uh, yeah, I paid my dues doing the paranormal investigating. I did my job. Now, let me ask you, when you're talking about doing tarot, at paranormal investigations and things like that, are you using the tarot as a way to communicate between yourself and, and the dead, or are you reading the location? Well, normally in those settings, uh, it, the, I don't read tarot about the location. I just go in and I read the location from my gut. Okay. Um, in the setting uh, of using tarot at a paranormal, it's uh, usually people pay the ticket price, and they come in, and then I read their tarot. You know, gotcha. for the father there, yeah. Okay, gotcha. I understand now. Um, have you ever thought about using it um, in an investigative capacity? Yeah, and I've done that. I've done that. I've, i like, I've really found though that it was uh, exhausting, really, really exhausting. Yeah. So, um, and also the, 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 my ability to feel good about what I was saying, like to feel really, really. Uh, confident in it was was is not as strong unless I have the cards to back it up. Like I can always say I feel this, I hear this, I see this, but there's something in having the deck of cards there to confirm it for me mm -hmm. really picks me up. So yeah, I, I have used it in a paranormal investigation setting. It's just I prefer I, I prefer doing the tarot really. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, Mike, were you gonna ask? Something? Yeah, we have a uh, question from the chat room and. Um, <laughs> this is from Shauna and Vanessa. This is kind of ironic because before we brought Ken on, you and I were kind of talking about how we were going to, uh, you know, handle the show tonight. And you know, I was going to kind of ask more, you know, basic questions. And since you do tarot as well, uh, Vanessa, you're going to kind of get more detailed and all that. So um, Shauna has like one of the questions I was going to ask. <laughs> this is Shauna and I being on the same wavelength here. Um, so her question is: um, Ask Ken if he does oracle cards along with the tarot, and which one does he prefer? I don't. I don't use the oracle cards. Um, Why is that? I don't want to upset anybody. Um, no, it's no, your opinion. No, no. Go for it. You it's your opinion. You're completely honest. Okay. That's why they well, love our show because we're honest. Well, I think that they're. I think that they have their purpose. I think they have their place. Uh, but uh, I couldn't find a deck that didn't have the words written at the bottom. You know, I couldn't find something that wasn't sort of like. This is what they want you to say. This is how the, these cards work out. And I've never found like a good hard-hitting like deck that just laid out all the honesty and truth and was hardcore and, and, and deep. So I don't use the Oracle deck. A lot of people I know do, and they have great success with it. 
But I find the tarot allows me to open my psychic brain up in a way that's more uh, conducive to how I want to be a reader. So, no, I don't use oracle cards, uh, but they but there are certain people who I know do and do so very well. So. Yeah, you're absolutely right, though, and let's let's delve into that a little bit deeper because this was something that Mike and I were talking about before we brought you on. Um, because I do I do both I do tarot and I do oracle, but for completely different purposes. Um, mm. Whereas, like um, I use the tarot how you do. I don't even own a book about it. It's whatever the card is speaking to me. You know, I don't have a reference point to go back to. And so it, the same card could be different for three separate people, um, mm. just depending on what came before and after. But I do a voodoo star reading, and that's beside the point. But for the oracle cards, what I have found um, is that they work best for me when it is a one-card pull, a specific question asked. And then you have to revert to the book. And what I have found is that it can be unbelievably accurate, even mm. Even on a self-reading of one question. And I, I understand what you're saying about the cards. Um, might I recommend, just at some time in the future, if you do look at them again, the Fairy Oracle. They're very bizarre. Okay. <laughs> they look almost alien-like. Oh, okay. All right. I'll try them. I'll try they, them. They are amazing. Okay, um, guys, really? I, I have to ask you because like I'm a complete novice to tarot. I mean, I've 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 had a couple of readings before. I look at the cards, and I'm like, wow, I love the artwork, you know. Um, so, <laughs> what's the big difference between tarot and oracle? Well, for me, I think the tarot is is uh, the oracle cards are more really about messages, and yeah. the oracle cards are also about the guides who produce those messages. And they also sometimes have a, a theological approach or a mystical approach that sort of um, um, really, what would you say, uh, very pleasant, heavenly, this sort of a thing, like very... Like ethereal? Kind. A fairy ethereal. <laughs> ethereal, yes. Leave it to so, the writer. <laughs> yeah, the, but the tarot is more sort of, um, it requires, it requires uh, great concentration and a a balanced mixture of intellect and intuition that can sometimes take you to places you never could go to for me with with any other deck of cards. And ironically enough, and, and um, uh, Ken, I'm not certain what deck you use, but ironically enough, um, in the years that I've done this, I actually shy away from the ones with the pretty artwork when it comes to tarot. I am a basic writer weight, no frills, no fuss. I'm old school. But when it came to the oracle cards, it's with them being a one-card pool, it's completely different. And it does have a completely different feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, but what deck do you use for your tarot, Ken? I use uh, mainly a deck by Barbara Moore called Steampunk Tarot. Oh, Steampunk. I also have one of my other favorite decks is uh, the Golden Universal Tarot, okay. which is based really strongly in the uh, Rider Waite tradition. Really, really strongly. But it's got beautiful, beautiful layers of gold in it. So, nice. like... Oh, lovely. That's yeah, how I, I, There are so many out there. You have vampiric decks. You have all different kinds. You have gender-specific decks. Uh, anything you can think of, you can you can find in a tarot deck. Now... Ken, do you order yours, or do you find that you it's one of those things where you have to go in and hold those darn things and see if they speak to you before you purchase them? I don't. I, I, I really, I have a couple of shops. Mm -hmm. The first shop is uh, Ohm Sweet Ohm, uh, ran <laughs> yeah, by Beverly nice. McChesney and Jim McChesney, and they are at the Mystical Fair of Lexington. And I sometimes just go through, because they have an amazing library of cards, and I just go through and I look at the artwork and I get a vibe. Um, I try to stay away from cards that are really aggressive because I think some of the cards are already scary enough. Why freak somebody in front of you out? You know, like use yeah. use a little more subdued. Uh, but if I'm not at Almost Sweet Home, I'm at uh, Special Media, which is downtown Lexington. Amazing place. 
I can buy a deck of cards online, and I, I may use them three or four times, but uh, it's in the using of them. I don't, I'm not one that just picks them up and feels it. I have to really put them to work. Gotcha. If they're not working for me, then I, I put them in a box, and I put them away with the other 1,400 card decks out, <laughs> and they just stay there. So we have a couple more questions from the chat. Uh, from Real Pet Paranormal Activity, the podcast question, explain what tarot is. Uh, astrology is influences on human affairs by planetary heavenly bodies, date of birth, blah, 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 or et cetera, et cetera. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, is tarot similar? Tarot is, this is a pump dinger of a question. So tarot is a, a, a deck of traditionally 78 cards. Each card has a has a, a definition, usually three or four definitions. Um, you then shuffle the deck, you ask your question, and then you lay these cards out in what's called a spread or a pattern of cards. Each position inside the spread has a particular definition or has a particular influence. And how the cards play out across the spread, both individually and as a whole, uh, it gives you information, insight, clarity, guidance, predictions. It gives you uh, details. It gives you uh, a way to peek into someone's life. Now, uh, astrology will, is more about the, the cosmos, the universe, how we are affected by the heavenly bodies. Um, and that does show up inside the tarot. So the tarot does take that into consideration. However, um, it's mostly based on uh just the, the, the card definitions, where they fall in, your ability to read them psychically and intelligently. Okay. Does that answer the question? I think that answers it pretty well. Yeah. And it's not easy. I, I think that's one of the things um, that people take for granted is, is that they think that it's, oh, okay, well, you, you have the cards, and then you look in the little book, and you get the definition, and you speak by definition of each card as it comes out. And that isn't the case. I mean, it really is. It, it, it calls to something inside of you, and the information is just pulled out. Would you agree, Ken? I absolutely agree. And, you know, the way I was taught to do tarot was really, really scholastically inclined. We, I, I get a deck, and I have a little black book, and I go card by card. And I write down each card has a page and I write down every bit of that definition or that card that makes sense to me that goes with that idea. And over time, this little black book is just chucked full of like great definitions. And, and I understand that they are there as a guideline. But when my stomach and my gut, my psychic, my psychic mind is saying, wait a minute, that should alter slightly. I, I, I can recognize it in that moment. And it's uh, pretty great. That is so. Yeah, I, I think it's about the definitions, but it's also got a lot to do about how you feel about that card and how that card speaks to you. And I think uh, the tarot is, each card is really like looking into a stained glass window, you know, and that window comes to life and it's sort of, uh, like Vanessa said, speaks to you and becomes clear and useful to the person who's asking the question. Absolutely. Right. Hey Vanessa, I'm supposed to uh, I'm supposed to tell you from Shauna that you explained for her when we were back on the Oracle stuff uh, that you were uh, able to explain to her how Oracle works for her. Oh yay! Thank yeah. you. Um, now this uh, we're going to lead into something here just because of what we talked about briefly before the show, and then you touched on again, Ken, um, about you know the toll that this can take on you. You know, when you're when you're doing these readings, especially when you're doing back to back to back to back readings, and uh, it'd be interesting for the viewers who I know uh, some do read as well or are learning to read. What steps do they need to take in order to, to make sure that they're taking care of themselves in the best possible way to give the best possible reading? The first thing that you should do is probably understand that you're not normal anymore. When you, <laughs> when you open a deck of cards and you start reading them to bring you kind of clarity and guidance, you have to understand that your your normalcy is now up for, for debate and that it will take a toll on your life. You will come to understand things you probably wouldn't have understood before. You'll start saucing and sorting things out the way you never would before. So it changes your life in, in an interesting way. Um, I think that it's important to also know that 
when you're reading cards and, and you're really involved, that there's a process that you have to go through. And that process is, you know, um, turning on your psychic mind, tuning in with the cards, tuning out everything else that's around you. And uh, also going into it with protection, you know, going into it with protection. If you're using it in the clairvoyant psychic way, you have got to really take care of your spirit. You've got to take care of your, your, yourself, your light. Um, not just, not because the cards are inherently evil or anything like this, but the questions and issues you begin to deal with, you take those in and you begin to suffer and hurt from those. You begin to worry about the person you just spoke to. You begin to, you're scared for their health or their, their granny's health or their marriage or their abuse or the things I deal with on a daily basis. It really, a part of that heaviness can really stick to you. So it's important to take care of your spirit and to take care of your life, you know. You have really right. It's yeah. called psychic sludge. Yeah. That's honestly what I call it because it's when you do so many readings, and especially, can you know this, especially if you're dealing with any type of volatile situation in right. somebody's life that they're needing guidance on, you can't help but get some of that residue on you. It's almost like, like invisible tar. And yeah. it, it really does take a toll on you. And, I mean, I learned that, you know, myself the hard way. And um, tell, tell the viewers what you do in order to kind of maintain that balance. Well, I have a prayer room in my house. <laughs> so there's a, there's a room in my house that I, nothing happens in there but prayer, meditation, chanting, and taking care of my heart and taking care of my spirit and, um, uh, you know, really harnessing my light and feeding that light. And I'm in there for 45 minutes in the morning. I'm in there for 45 minutes in the evening. And uh, I do that so that I can stay in rhythm with the universe, my highest potential, with God, with everything that is wonderful and right in the world. And I center in that way. And um, I do that in the morning to get going, you know. And then I do that in the evening to show gratitude and to release and to let go of maybe those things that I dealt with that day that were just actually too hard, you know. And that leads into another question. And poor Mike, honey, you can hop on in here anytime you want to, okay? Um, but that leads into another question, um, something that I've struggled with greatly. And we all have those readings that break our hearts. How do you deal with that? Well, first, I, when I'm off the phone or, I'm, or I walk out of the room or they walk out of the room, I acknowledge what it is I'm feeling. I recognize it and I give it a moment of respect. I'm hurt over this or I'm scared or worried over this. I recognize it. Then the second thing I do is I try to give out as much positivity to that person that's going through it because I find the more positivity I can send to them or the more the light or the more love I can send to them, it begins to heal me too. Gotcha. And then I do an actual healing for myself. Uh, and then I do a releasing of it. And if it continues to stay with me, well, then we take other actions. Uh, you know, going into the prayer room and making sure that we're focused specifically on uh, that particular issue or that or that problem. So uh, that's usually how I deal with it. That's usually how I cope with it. Is that at first I recognize it, then I try to try to make peace with it for them, and then I try to make peace with it for myself. That's how I deal with it. And uh, if all else fails, prayer, meditation, talk it out, heal it. That that's my my path. Have you ever had a reading that was almost, and I don't need specifics, okay, uh, because all of that is private, but have you ever had a reading that you you weren't sure you could get through? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've had those readings. Um, one of the, the, but not for the same reason. It wasn't that my heart was broken. It was that I was spiritually afraid. There was okay. a, a woman who said to me, um, I want to talk to my mother. And I said, okay, cool. So we're, we're talking to, I'm accessing her mother. And as I'm doing so, I begin to feel like a tremendous amount of evil, tremendous amount of bad stuff. And um, I said to her, um, why do I feel such evil around your mother? And she said to me, because my mother was a horrible, terrible person. And uh, she did all kinds of things to me and allowed her husbands and boyfriends to do things. And, um, I said, why is she so proud of it? Because the, the face the mother was making was just smiling. She was just smiling. And it was this... Maniacal. Evil. Yeah, maniacal. Thank you. 
And uh, the young lady said, because she allowed it to happen. She promoted it. She allowed it to happen. She was proud of herself for doing it. That's how she made money. And I said, well, I'm afraid I can't do anything else at this because I refuse to speak to that spirit. Now, the daughter and I, we eventually went on and worked together since then to kind of heal those wounds. But as far as talking to her mother, it was never, it, it, it didn't happen. It, it just wouldn't happen. Could, and might I say kudos to you for actually having the balls to say that to her and to say, you know what, this isn't an area that we need to venture down together, not in this way. So right. many people are so worried that people are going to get mad or that they're going to give them a bad review or say something negative about them, that they'll compromise their own belief systems and, and their, their, uh, what they believe to be right and wrong so that, that, so that they think that won't happen. And I have to commend you on actually standing your ground on that because I think you probably did more good than you even realized in not allowing that to continue for her and, and addressing it in a different way. That takes well, guts. I appreciate that. But the one thing I, I'm very proud of myself of is that no, I don't give, I don't really, I mean, I try to watch my mouth. I really, oh, okay, I could give, like, I really could care a lot. I don't care. I simply don't care. If you are suffering in some way, and I know how to end it. And I know what the truth is. I'm coming after it. You won't like me when it's over. I don't care. My care is that I get you to the reality of your life so you can see ways that you can make changes and be happy. And if that means that you think I'm a dick, then that's what it means. Put it oh. down the review. He was a complete <laughs> asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I he mean, was separated at birth. <laughs> it's one of those things I just... I don't care about. And I, I think that a lot of people recognize that as being genuine and being honest and they love it. And I think that's probably one of the reasons why I've been really successful is just because um, I tell you the truth, whether you like it or not. And if you come to the place where you want me to say and do things for you that, you know, that you, you hope I'll say this or say that and, and I don't give it to you uh, and you decide not to have readings again, I always allow that to be released with love. Like I never even hold on to someone and, and try to fake it in that way. I think that what I am paid to do is to be honest and to keep secrets. And I do both very, very well. Well, and that's the thing. When you're talking about doing something like you and I do, um, I don't think anyone really wants, I hope, I hope that they don't pay us to do this with the, with the, with the hope that we are going to blow smoke up their ass. Mm. So that, that helps nobody. Right, you're right. You know, it absolutely it, good. Yeah. What good would it do to go to a therapist if they if they lie to you the whole time? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, so I mean, I just I, that is that is truly commendable, absolutely commendable. Um, I don't know where Mike went. He knew I was going to try to take the show over. So bless him. Uh, yeah, no, it's fine because you you guys are having you know a good conversation going on. Um, I've just been you know looking at the uh the, well basically keeping the chat retained at back. Yeah, the questions <laughs> where they started. So um, I'll just go back there for a little bit and try to catch up on the uh, the viewer questions. So from Zippy Davis, when did tarot cards start being used? Um, there is a thousand and one. I had to take my coat off. You see, I had to take my coat off. There was a thousand and one beliefs as to how tarot got started. Um, recently, someone wrote an article that it came through um, the Middle East and that it was actually used uh, through uh, great unrest in the Middle East and then was adapted by the Europeans through various ways uh, and uh, ultimately landed in uh, France and Italy where they were, were used as party games. Now, uh, many of the definitions you'll, or many of the origins you'll find on Google is that it was a card game that the aristocrats of, of France and uh, uh, Italy would use. Uh, I think uh, it's it stayed as a card game, really, until someone, uh, one particular fantastic gypsy, used it to read The Fall of Napoleon. Okay. And that it became a, a real tool uh, for uh, fortune telling, I think. Interesting. Yeah, I, I read about that. I love Napoleon. Oh, you love Napoleon? <laughs> I do. I love the history surrounding Napoleon. I mean, one of the best quotes ever is never interrupt your enemy while they're making a mistake. That's Napoleon. Um, he's a very fascinating individual. Really. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> I'm not saying he was a great guy, but uh, I was in a relationship that uh, with someone who was actually that was Napoleon because of his military prowess was one of his just idols. Because oh, wow. the man might have been a little bit you know out there, he was absolutely brilliant, mm-hmm. and you have to you have to pay homage to that. That's pretty stinking cool, you know. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I, I I know all about the Napoleon story with that. That's pretty interesting. Um, we did have another question here from Fran Molino, wonderful lady. Uh, she asked, "Have you ever denied a reading? And if you have, if you feel comfortable saying, what were the circumstances?" Uh, yeah, yeah, I've done that a couple of times. Um, <laughs> if you um, if you approach the the tarot. Uh, with me in a way that I think is disrespectful, or you approach me in a disrespectful way about the tarot. For example, there was um, a young woman um, that I, in my gut, knew was very flighty. I knew that she had issues of committing. I mean, I knew this just by text messages. Uh, I knew that if I was ever to invoice her, she would never pay that invoice. So I said, you will pay me ahead of time. She said, my girlfriends don't pay me ahead of time. I said, I don't trust you the way I trust your girlfriends. Sorry. She said, well, aren't she said a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I told her to lump it because I think at the end of the day, um, her, her reading for me may have caused me more damage than good. So, yeah, I deny, I deny readings. Also, I think if you're too young and you go about it in a, in a way that's maybe unhealthy, I have... I, I don't do that. Um, yeah, but those are usually my only parameters. Those are usually the only times I ever deny a reading. That's that's usually it when it comes to someone being disrespectful. Because people tend to think because you do this that you're some kind of a freak or you're some kind of sideshow or you're some kind of poodle jumping through burning hoops at a circus. And that ain't it. That's totally not it. What I do is a, is is deeply impactful is uh, more ancient than a lot of uh, than a lot of things that we hold very close to us to this day and is got it deserves respect uh, and if if people try to test me in that way or or they try to make it seem as if it's all sort of like uh, willy-nilly kind of ethereal bs well then squashed you get no further than the contact sheet like it doesn't happen so my respect just continues to grow uh, <laughs> i had uh, I had readings um, this Saturday, and I would like to ask your opinion on this. Um, not giving away anything from the readings, but you know how it works. That when you're doing a reading, you can have multiple people coming through. Multiple. I mean, and for me, when I say coming through, I mean, they're sitting down in my living room with me. Okay? Right next to me on the couch or walking around or whatever. And it was during my first reading of the day when um, I got the name and the image of somebody that was coming through and I told it to the person and and everything else had been dead on balls accurate, but this guy didn't fit, didn't fit and didn't fit with the next reading either. Cause I'm like, and maybe it's for the next one. I don't know. It didn't occur to me until what's today, Tuesday. It didn't occur to me till yesterday after I got the, um, the message that, um, my uncle had passed. That it was my aunt who had died three years ago coming through and telling me my uncle was going to pass. Um, because I hadn't seen him in so many years that I didn't remember exactly what he looked like. How sad is that, you know? And um, But the description was what he looked like the last time I saw him. And uh, I, I, I want to know, does that happen with you? Maybe not the, the death part of it. But does that happen with you where people come through that really aren't meant for that reading, and it might take you a while to figure out who they are meant for. That happened recently. There was a young lady who wanted to speak with her aunt who had passed away. And um, I I was reading for the, for the girl, and uh, she said, you know, I, I want to know about, uh, I wish I could remember the aunt's name, but I can't. And I said, okay, so I'm trying to access her. I'm trying to access the aunt. And um, there was a male spirit that came through. And the male spirit was really, really dark, really, really heavy, was really, really intense. And I kept describing this man to the young lady, and she said, no, that's not, that's not anybody I know. That's not anybody I know. 
And so I said to the spirit of the man, I said, you've got to move back. You're not who I want. You've got to move back. And he said, she speaks to me or she speaks to no one. I then took all the cards, put them up, and I said, we will try again tomorrow. I'm not going to go any further with it tonight. This is done. We can't get your hand. I'm not dealing with whoever this guy is. We're done. We'll try again tomorrow. And actually what we did was we, we waited two weeks. We waited two weeks. And um, then we started speaking uh, about it. And she said that she happened to have been in a cemetery at the time that she was being read. And I said, that is like not a good idea. That is not a good idea. Number one, it's disrespectful to the dead. It is disrespectful to them because some of the people who were in that cemetery didn't believe in tarot. They don't want to participate in it. They don't. They shouldn't be. Their final resting place should not have anything to do with it. Like, that's respect to them. Number two, you don't know who's going to pick up the phone when you're calling a cemetery. You know what I mean? Like, psychically, if you're thinking about it, you don't know who's going to pick up that other end if you're at a cemetery. And, uh, you know, it's really, really dangerous. So she said, okay, I'm not there now. Uh, I'm at home, and I'm ready to talk to my aunt. And within five minutes, I had the aunt. We were talking. We were sharing. We were, she was showing me pictures, and we were all this. Uh, and, and that's wonderful. But there are often times that other entities pop in that shouldn't be in your reading, you know, and you have to kind of deal with that and as it happens. It, it, it's shocking when it happens, especially yeah. when it has absolutely yeah. nothing to do, you know, with the person that you're doing the reading for. And... Uh, it's so nice to hear somebody else say that that happens to them as well because it's hard to explain to people this isn't an exact science. I mean, it's essentially what you're doing is unlocking your door and opening it. Yeah. You no longer have any control over who walks through. Right. You know, and it, it does make it exceedingly difficult. You know, yeah. but I was, it was, that one was a tough one. I called my mother and I'm like, I feel like the biggest damn idiot. I feel like the biggest idiot out of all people that should have recognized who that was, I didn't. And it's because I was so focused on on who I was reading for that I didn't recognize my own relative coming through. Yeah, but, but you also failed to recognize that you're still human and you should cut yourself a freaking break. True. But yeah, I, I'm you so... Should, yeah. <laughs> I'm hard. Probably stop being, being so hardcore on yourself. That would help, I would think. Yeah, especially about what we talked about earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's All right, we oh. have some more questions yes. from the chat room. There were actually a couple of the, before the one you read from Fran. So let oh, me sorry. let me get back to those. Um, from Robert White, is there any truth about how we should not buy a deck for ourselves because it won't work as well as cards given as gifts? Bull. It's bull. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Bonk. I bought, I mean, um, I love getting tarot cards as gifts. I, I don't use any of them, but I love getting them. Uh, and they have a special place on a bookshelf with the other 1,400 decks that I'll. Uh, <laughs> but I, 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 no, I have not found that to be, to be any truth in that. It, I mean, if it's something that uh, Robert feels like he should do, is be gifted tarot decks. He may be gifted a deck that doesn't speak to him. He may then have to try to make a square peg fit in a, you know, a round hole and that ain't going to work. And so, you know, you find the deck you like, Robert, and then you shuffle those things. You just, you love them and you care for them and you get to know them. And then you, you use your cards. Don't wait for someone to buy them. Go get what you want. Uh There you go. All right. From Jen K. Uh, do you have to use different cards or decks for each person, or use the same deck for everybody? I keep two decks, uh, the, the Barbara Moore Steampunk Tarot and the Golden Universal. I keep them by my side all the time. Um, the only time I switch a deck on purpose is when I'm doing a spiritual reading, and that's when I use a deck called the Fountain. Uh, it has an additional card in it, uh, that is so seventy nine instead of the traditional seventy eight. Okay. And, uh, that card is uh, it's called the fountain, and it is a symbol of what I think God is—a return to source of light and love and the flow of all things are right. You know the, the beautiful things in life and, and in the afterlife. And um, so I, I only use uh, purposefully only use 
that deck when it comes to reading spirits. Then it's wrapped in silver. I have a thing for like showy <laughs> stuff. Like right. Old silver. Yeah, but there's something really holy about it and really beautiful about it and really clean and crisp about it. And I think when it comes to dealing with spirits, it's a good place to start. So, so you only use that when you're reading to... spirits, not people. Right. I only okay. use it when I'm reading spirits, yeah. All right. Um, Don has a uh, interesting question. Uh, during a reading, have you ever seen someone's death? And if so, how do you handle it? I've never seen some the person that's in front of me's death. I've never read. I've never been there and read the death of a client that's in front of me. I have read for clients who've had people die uh, near near the time of the reading. Uh, based on my prediction, I've always been able to forecast it. I hate it. Yeah. I absolutely hate it. So I don't do it anymore. You Now what I do is I say, you know, uh, spend time with that person, love that person, be as, with them as much as possible, stay by their side. I never say that person's going to die. I don't do it. Yeah. You know, it just, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart. But I think if I can tell them how to go about that time in the best way possible, that presents the best amount of benefit for them and their loved one, that's much better than saying that loved one's going to kick it. You know what I'm saying? It's right. much better than that. Absolutely. So I don't write well, out. Well, and, and ultimately we're all going to kick it anyway. So yeah, yeah, well, yeah. we're all, we are. That's that you, you live, you experience, then you expire. That's what you do. And then you, you go to rest and peace and calm and nirvana and heaven, and then you come back. And then you come back and you do it all over again. <laughs> nice. Um, from Real Paranormal Activity, uh, is tarot accurate or should the information that you gain from the cards be used as a guide? Very good question. They are accurate. And because they're accurate, you should use them as a guide and you should also use them as a challenge. So say the cards come up with something that you know negative is going to happen. Don't just subscribe to it and say, oh, the guide says that I'm going to go through this challenge at this point. You say, what was the challenge? What was the advice Ken gave me? And, you know, how can I turn it around? And yeah. that's, where, that's okay. where a lot of really the great benefit comes from, using the cards to sort of uh, guide you, but to also challenge the cards to get the highest uh, potential in your life. That's, I have a disclosure before every reading I do. It's a very simple disclosure. I'm like, this, what you're going to get today, what the cards are going to say today, is what is going to happen if you stay exactly on the same path you are right now. This is going to be your guide as to what you want to do. There's three forks in the road. You go straight, you go left, you go right. And that dictates it. This is just simply how it will be if you change nothing. But by knowing what you know, you can overcome anything that's negative and you can enjoy better anything that's positive. Absolutely that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, of course, I, I just think that you should never allow yourself to be duped into the thought that your life can be ruled by a deck of cards. <laughs> it, it, that's ridiculous. Right. True. Uh, it's the same thing as saying, you know, I'm going to live my life by uh, an uh, you know, uh, what my mother says is best for me. And, you know, I'm going to believe her in everything she says and only she has the answers. Well, yeah, you'll end up going to college for something you'll never use. You'll end up judging your kids the way she... It just messes you up. You have control in your life. There's free will. You should be able to do for yourself. Just the cards allow you to know what's coming next, what's happening, so you can do it better. Bingo. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> It's not the end-all, be-all, have-all set in stone. Right. It's not. Right. Now, I love it. You guys, yeah, have a, right. you guys have a lot of good questions tonight. There's a ton of them. Yeah, I'm, trying to, do. I'm trying to get to them. They're all. amazing. Um, I, I love, I'm loving these. These, like, chat room questions are business. They're amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. have amazing people um, in our chat. Yeah. We do. Yeah, our Mad Hatters are fantastic. We, we, we love them to death. Um from Discord Threads, does Ken have a favorite card? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and what would that be? <laughs> I have a couple of favorite cards, but my absolute favorite 
would be Judgment. Judgment okay. would be my favorite card. Why is that? Ju judgment is loosely based on the book of Revelations in the, the Bible. It's loosely based on that. Uh, okay. You have a family that is seemingly dead. There's a mother, a father, usually two children, and they're seemingly dead. Then this huge angel comes bursting through the sky with a trumpet. She's sharing some news that lights them up and brings them back to life and allows them to rise, such as in Revelations when the angels trumpet at the end of days and all the believers and those true of faith will rise from the dead and continue the kingdom of heaven. That's the way that Revelations work. And so this card is also about Revelations, the messages that we receive in our lives that lift us up, that bring us back from that point where we thought we were dead. And uh, I love it. I love Judgment's one of my favorite cards. It's a beautifully illustrated card with a fantastic meaning, and I'm always picked up and perked up when I see it. Aww. Interesting. I like that. <laughs> oh, by the way, here in the chat, Ken, I know you can't see it. They love you. Yeah. Aww. Yeah, they do. They really do. They I are really enjoying this. Thank you. We love shows where people get to learn something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm lear I, I mean, I'm definitely learning a ton because I haven't really... Um, I haven't really done anything with tarot. I mean, if, like I said before, I had a, a couple of readings. I know what they kind of are, you know. Um, I know uh, Shauna has a has a deck of oracle cards, so it's like I, I have an idea. But so I'm learning a ton here, which is great. You know, I'm I'm kind of out of my zone here, so it's it's interesting. Yeah, but when you go down the chat, you're gonna see some pretty stellar questions. I'm loving these. Yeah, Phoenix, like Phoenix Feather right here saying he's an amazing man. So uh, B3 Airspace, we adore you, Ken. So yeah, you're getting some accolades here. Well, thanks, y'all. So, yeah, I told you we got great peaks. Yep, you do. Uh, I'm trying to find that last question that you. Uh, okay, here we go. This is a good one. This is actually from Shauna. What does the death card really mean? This is per Gen K. The death card is really about moving on. The death card is about letting go of what must end and allowing what should be, what is coming, the strength and stability of moving forward, no matter what it looks like, moving forward, progression, evolution. Um, the only time I've ever read death as death is when it comes in a certain combination. So all tarot readers, get your pen and paper out. I will tell you the combination. <laughs> it's usually death, three of swords, and the tower. When I see these three in one reading, I know that something shockingly disturbing is going to happen that will break their heart and cause a person to have to move on. Death. So that's the only time I really read it is death. Uh, what is it about that card combination that does it. I'm sorry. What was what? The what is it about? Because you can have you know death come up with other card combinations. What is it about that specific combination that that gives you that? Well, the the three of swords is about the most heart wrenching card you could have. It's devastation. It's heartbreak. It's being destroyed, and death can do that. Uh, and then you have the tower, which is a shake up of what you thought was stable, what you thought was in place, what you kind of based your life on. But it, the tower's a shakedown of that, a, a violent disruption of that, uh, which death often does. So heartbreak and disruption in a serious way that comes along with the death card wraps up in a way that illustrates most often real death, physical death. For those who aren't familiar with the decks, like the Rider Waite deck, the Three of Swords um, depicted in art is an actual heart, and it has three swords that are piercing the heart, one from the left, one from the right, and one straight down the center. So you have an actual destruction of love, joy, home, family, all of that. And in the Tower card... It's, um, if, if memory serves on the tower card, um, I haven't had that in a reading in forever. My tower hasn't shown up at all. Um, but it's, it's the complete destruction of the firmest foundation. Yeah. For those who are falling from the tower. Mm -hmm. So it is a, a destruction of everything that you know that is good and loving in your life. Yeah. The depictions are what show that in the least fanciful way on the right away deck. 
So to even see them in that sense is disturbing. Yeah. Interesting. Um, this is from Beat Three Airspace. Um, please ask Ken: Does he get very hot or warm when doing a reading? I'm telling you, I've never been as warm as I am right now. I'm over here <laughs> melting, like it's my occupation. Um, I do get warm. As a matter of yep. fact, I have a client named Veronica, and um, for when I read Veronica, I sometimes have to take articles of clothing off. Like, <laughs> but all, we're on the phone, so it's not like a Matt Lauer. Okay, situation. I was about to say. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a you, you know, it's not a Matt Lauer sitch, but it's definitely. <laughs> I'm over here, like, taking my house coat off. I'm taking my mm -hmm. pants off. And I often have to say to her, Veronica, calm down. We both have to calm down because our energy is really, really hot, and I've got to – I'm going to collapse. Right now. <laughs> like I'm sweating profusely or something like that. Wow. So, yeah. I, you know, I think, though, I think that's got a lot to do with the tremendous amount of energy that, that you use burning up, using mm -hmm. not just your thinking and rational, rational mind, but your psychic mind and – you know, uh, I, getting involved in people's emotions and then being able to feel those emotions and derive information from them. I mean, that's a lot of work, a yeah. lot of work. Yeah. Now, that leads me to a quick question real quick and then might get back to the chat on that. But uh, <laughs> when I do readings, especially if I do, you know, multiples in a row. Now, granted, I'm Southern and I'm not the skinniest thing in the world out there, but I can pack some food down. After I do multiple readings, <laughs> do you find the same thing? I mean, are you just like ravenous afterwards or is it just a me thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, well, I don't. When, when I normally have about um, six readings a day. Mm -hmm. I normally only do about six hours a day. Um, and I don't eat. Throughout that process, like I, I don't eat, I don't like to eat and then do reading. Um, even at conventions or even scarefest, I will go 10, 12 hours without eating. I hate it. But as soon as it's over, um, I am so hungry, it's disturbing. So uh, I, I had to stop doing that because I turned around and I was two hundred and thirty pounds. I was like, ooh, you know, maybe. Maybe uh, Dunkin' Donuts isn't your friend anymore, Ken Boggle, after a long day of work. Maybe <laughs> maybe get a Slim Jim or maybe a Slim Fast, something with the word slim in it. You're going to be fine. <laughs> For me, there's not a Mexican restaurant big enough. You know? Well, <laughs> right. <laughs> Chinese food. For me, it was Chinese food. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Oh. yeah. It's good stuff. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mike, okay. you got one? Well, we've got a lot. I don't know if we're going to be able to get all of these guys or to all of we're these. We're going to have um, to have Ken back on. We're going to have to have Ken back on sometime. Um, this one just popped up from Sean. I think it's an interesting question, so I'm going to throw it out there. Um, ask Ken what he thinks about using a digital recorder during a reading. I promote the use of recording readings all the time. Okay. And the re the reason I do that is because I paid three, almost three hundred dollars for a celebrity to read a celebrity psychic to read my my to read for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I called him, he said, "You're not allowed to record this conversation." And I thought, "It's two hundred and eighty bucks. I'll do what I damn well want to." Yeah, really. Yeah, right. Uh, so uh, I didn't record that conversation out of respect for him. But anytime I'm around anybody now, it's like, get your recorder out. If you don't have a recorder out, I need you to take notes. You are paying me money. And by the way, not $300 because I think that's foolish. Thank you. And I think it's bullshit. Um, nice. But anyway, especially for 30 minutes, forget it. But um, he, uh, it, but anyway, I, I highly encourage people to, to write notes or to use recorders absolutely i have not a thing against it and i highly promote it if your reader's telling you they don't want you to record it your next question should be why not what is the problem exactly yep. i the ones uh, i've had so many people <clears throat> record mine um so they can have it for reference to yeah, go back right. to because absolutely. i'm going to be very honest with you when i read you and we're done it is all gone <laughs> <laughs> It's out of my head. You yeah. don't want it all up in here. Okay? It's a mess. It's a chaotic mess. So right. 
I've told them, I'm like, when they ask me, like, is it okay if I record? I'm like, absolutely, because in two weeks, I can't tell you what the hell I said. Exactly. I don't have a clue. You need right. a reference point to go back to. Yeah, pretty World much any things. other profession when you are, you know, learning something in some sort of training session. And with the, the cars, I mean, to me, you're learning something. It's about yourself. Um, yeah. You I have the option to record, you know, or be able to get a recording of it later, you know, if it's like a seminar or what have you. So, yeah, I would think it's you should be able to have that. So oh, it's sad yeah. that some people charging two hundred eighty dollars saying you can't record. That's yeah. Yeah, I would so rather get recorded. I don't want the responsibility. <laughs> Look, now, I mean, two hundred and eighty bucks should buy you a lot. Now, I'm just saying. Yeah, did they sing and I'm dance for you, too? Um, at yeah. the very least. Yeah. Now let me ask you, Ken. Two hundred and eighty dollars later, was it decent, or was it worth it? Yeah, he saved me from making um, three really bad mistakes. But at okay. the same time, but at the same time, our relationship has suffered greatly. Uh, my relationship with him, and um, I, I, I don't think that my I don't think he really ever wanted me to succeed hmm. I don't think he really ever wanted me to succeed and rightly so I mean for him to be the person he is I understand that fits right along with who he really is but for me uh, it was really really sad uh, that we our relationship changed in that way I simply took the advice though and my my career launched and um, uh, I don't know I guess jealousy is not just a green-eyed monster <laughs> Ken, I have to say this though, and 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 I, I truly appreciate the, the the thought behind what you just said, and and your kindness towards somebody whom you were close to. I truly do appreciate that. But when it comes down to not wanting somebody else to be successful because it might impede or impinge on your own success. That means you're not trying hard enough or you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. No one should ever wish others to not do well simply so that they can succeed. I have so many people. I mean, I, if I don't have the time, I send people that come to me to other people whom I trust. Knowing if they really like their reading, they might not ever come back to me. But you know what? It's not about me. It's about them getting the reading they needed at that time. That's no right. should ever do to, Nobody should ever put their own wants and needs above what is best for the for the common good, ever. Well, but also, like, my success isn't dependent upon the failure of someone else. Yes! Very true. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. My success does not, is not that. And if you think that my failure... Uh, will impede, will make your success greater, or if you think my successes will cause your failure, well, then that's a self-confidence thing that you have to look yourself in the mirror yeah. and say, why is it I don't feel confident enough to reach out and help somebody who's been good to me or supported me or promoted yep. me or, or whatever or follows me on Facebook or what have you. Just all of, the only thing I ask of anybody is, is number one, uh, be true. Be true to you. Yep. Don't, take, don't take what I do. You can be inspired by what I do, but go do you. Go be you. And, you know, if I inspire you to do that, beautiful. And the other thing I ask is that is that you do good work. Do good work, you know, and be consistent. If you are doing good work, you're staying true to yourself, and you are consistent, you will succeed. And it doesn't matter what anybody else does around you. You will win. That's mm -hmm. what the way it works. But people look at success as as uber amounts of money and fame and everything else when in actuality with what you and I do success is being able to help other people yep. in ways others can't that's success when I can you look help at other people everything takes care of itself exactly when I can look at myself in the mirror and know you know what I did good I did good and this person feels better about their situation and they have the tools that they need to 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 move forward, I can't ask for no more than that. Amen. Yep. Absolutely. Can't ask for no more. I well, I just love you. On that note, we're about at our hour. We are. We are. Yep. Oh shit. <laughs> That's a good place to leave off too. So, um, but you do. There is a request out in the chat room, Vanessa. You needed to say fuck in there somewhere. Oh, I have been so good. You have. Oh, so 
sorry, y'all. I have dropped the fucking bomb on saying fuck. There you go. <laughs> well, before we go, real quick before we go, I want to say thank you for letting me be on your show. I've really enjoyed it, and thank you for having me on. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I really want to encourage people uh, to make sure they are following the haunted dot space uh, because uh, we just recently signed a contract for me to have my own series through the haunted dot space. Oh, great. We're in production for that. And Elizabeth Saint and Nick Groff have been very, very kind to me about helping me build this series, which is going to be amazing. It is going to be amazing. But um, I would love all of everyone who's watching and listening. I would love all of your support, and I hope that you enjoy it, and I hope it entertains you, but I hope it helps you change your lives in a way that is beneficial and wonderful. But in January, Ken Boggle on the Haunted Dot Space. Awesome. Yay! Well, congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank you. Very big congratulations. Thank you. Um, I, you exceeded all of my expectations. I know that <laughs> our, our, our little Mad Hatters in our chat just absolutely oh, adored yeah. you. And we're going to have to have you back on. After you get that going and you've got some free time, you let me know when, me or Mike, okay. we'll get you back on. You can talk all about it. We'll, yep. we'll just promote the fuck out of you. There y'all are right. three times. Thank you. And your website, it's Tarot by Ken? TarotByKen.com. TarotByKen.com. All right. And uh, do you want to throw anything out there? I know you've been doing a lot of, uh, for Toys for Tots. You want to throw anything out there about that real quick? Uh, the Toys for Tots is amazing. Uh, we, I think we've raised something like 80 different toys for kids in the course of like 48 hours. We read The Grinch and Stole Christmas. I'm so amazed by the generosity of everybody. And we had terrible weather that weekend. It was terrible weather. But we ended up with a huge cart. It's like four feet wide, like three feet deep, huge, completely full of really amazing toys that kids are going to be very happy with. And that's all through the Mystical Fair Lexington. Uh, for more information about that, go to Mystical Fair LEX because it's one of the only places you'll see me reading cards live and in person. Normally, I don't even leave the house, so <laughs> uh, make, sure you, make sure you go do that. But uh, yeah, it was really wonderful. It was very successful, and um, again, I'm floored by uh, I'm floored by how many kids we were able to help and how many people were so generous. It was awesome. That's fantastic. When do they have this Mystical Fair thing? When do they have that? They have it every month. It's every month. Uh, the co the uh, calendar will be found on the mysticalfairlex.com. I think the next one is January 13th and 14th, where I will be doing a new uh, spin on gallery readings, a tarot gallery reading with Ken Bogle called On Blasts. Nice. Oh, awesome. Nice. Well, I won't be able to make it there that quickly, but after I get back from Ireland, I am going to come to one of those in Lexington. I can drive the 10-plus hours to get there. Okay. I'm Come there, and I'm going to bring you some Slim Jims so you don't get you don't get hungry. So I don't get peaked. <laughs> yes, don't get peaked. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. This is wonderful. Yeah. Um, so you we're going to do some shout outs. We got some shout outs to do. Ken, you can uh, hang out if you want, or if you want to, if you need to take off, you can as well. So it's up to you. Um, so we'll start with our lovely chat shenanigator, Shauna. Thank you so much for shenanigating our chat. Uh, we have Tina the Best. Thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, Don, Spooky Spectacular, thanks for joining us as usual. Robert White, our friend from Australia, thank you very much for joining us again tonight. Luli Tubi, thanks again for being here. Ren Oak, thank you again. Ether Shadow, as always, thanks. Katie Palmer, thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, Phoenix Feather, 1031, thanks for joining us again. Joe Chandler, um, yeah, she got her ghosty recently. He seems to be doing pretty well. Uh, Chipper Terry, thanks for joining us again. And, and there's <laughs> Vanessa's. Uh, Andrew Cox, who's down in the chat tonight. Um, is Andrew Cubbage down there too? I don't know. Um, uh, I believe so. I, believe I don't know. I saw him. Okay. Okay. Uh, Zippy Davis, thanks for the questions. Appreciate it. Diane Hilbert, thanks as always. Creepy Karma, thank you. Uh, Beat3 Airspace, thank you for the questions. Jen K, thank you for the questions as well. Um, Tammy Sifford, we had a lot of people in chat tonight. I really do yes. appreciate it. Uh, Fran Molino <laughs> as well. Fran had some questions. Uh, Lynn's White. Uh, we had uh, Periscope people as well. I know Lynn's is usually down there. And uh, Tom McNicholas, thank you as always. Um, Gucci Star, thank you very much. Donna Gorton, one of our Cheshire cats. Thanks for uh, all the help. Bethany Warner, thanks for joining us again. Um, who else did we have in yeah, here? Tubi. Yeah, I got Lily Tubi, yep. Okay. Um, uh, and by the way, well, Sweet Space says you're ours now. So. <laughs> uh, Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. Uh, I know Scott Lateo is down in there as well. And uh, Discord Threads. 
And yes, there's Andrew Cubbage and Tammy Heitzman as well. So Phoenix Feather. Got Phoenix Feather. Uh, Jessica Shea, thank you. Uh, Candy Orton, thank you for joining us again tonight. And who else did we have? Um, there was there was a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Charmy Charms, <laughs> thank you very much. And uh, anybody else? We'll hit you real quick. We are going to have on after the show inside the Upside Down. Um, I'll get everything together as quickly uh, as possible to do this uh, the switch out. We're going to be covering um, ghosts and technology, so um, be sure to hang out for that. And you may need to refresh your feed uh, between shows. Um, sometimes it doesn't always pick up automatically, so um, be sure to do that. And anybody else would just give a quick shout out. Mike Simmons. There you go. Um, all right. So that is the show. Ken, again, thank you for coming out tonight and being a fantastic guest. We really do appreciate it. So we'll definitely have to have you back. Thank you. Okay. Have a good night. All right. Merry Christmas. Happy right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Back at you, love. Have a great night. Bye. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye. I the moment I fell down, down the rabbit hole.